Yeah, I mean, I've listened to some of your stuff and I just think what you guys have done, and this is not just trying to, I'm a guest, I'm going to big you guys up. Like your, the setup is really good in terms of just the way it flows and all of the, the sort of logistics that you've got behind it. And I think having done podcasting myself, not as long as you guys, but I really appreciate those sort of more intricate details that go into making a smooth podcast run. So good stuff. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 104 of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Conway. And I'm your other host, Hamish. And today we are joined by Anand, who was a call out from Shaylee, actually, and has his, has his own podcast too. Anand, would you like to uh, introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, I've got a really wild background of being born in London, then I studied in London, and then I started my working career in London. So really, really pushed the boat out there. <laughs> but now in between that I did a I did a year in uh, Cardiff and then I changed course and then I did a couple of years in Shanghai as well working uh, so there were you know I did meander outside of did that mix it up a bit yeah that London tunnel but I am now back in London cool awesome so you said you studied in Cardiff for a year and then you came yeah so well, what happened was I'm not one, you know, I've heard a few of your episodes and, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, from an early age, I was, uh, you know, a radio presenter or I knew that I wanted to mm. do whatever it may be. I never really, I was quite happy. Name drop, like, name drop. <laughs> For the radio presenter, it was an Irish girl. <laughs> <laughs> All of them like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was just quite a happy go lucky kid. Right. Um, and I never really thought about what do I want to do in my career? And then I, I really remember when I was 15 and I went to the opticians with my mum, really exciting. I was really, you know, okay. really a cool kid. And I just thought, wow, this is a cool place to work. Like the, I think my mum's optician was really nice and they had like an outdoor area for kids to wait in. And I was like, oh, I'd love to work in a place like this. And she could sense that. I was like, this is really cool. Like, I love your job. And then she's like, oh yeah, you should do it. And I think back then there was a lot more money in it. And it was just, uh, I think opticians were generally more excited about their job then. <laughs> so then I just got into this thing of this is what I want to do. And it was quite rare like most people i knew wanted to yeah you know the standard like lawyer doctor maybe engineers as well mm -hmm. and then here i am like wanting to be an optician i've never heard anyone say yeah. they wanted to be an optician exactly. <laughs> neither did i until i went to cardiff so i did the work experience in it but i started to have it wasn't necessarily doubts about the career but i just realized in my a levels i was doing better in math and economics than i was doing in physics um which is the the science a level that i took and then i started thinking you know, maybe I'm going down the wrong route. And, you know, I actually did two UCAS applications and didn't know which one to choose. And then, yeah, there's, there's a long story behind how I ended up choosing uh, optometry. So I kind of went in there being like, I was never fully convinced that this is what I wanted to do. So I did first year, actually loved it. I loved the place, loved the people that I met and did quite well in my first year, but still ended up changing. <laughs> and then, uh, so then I changed, changed completely and did sort of international business and uh, went to CAS in London. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that is quite a big change. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In subjects, like totally different. Do you regret this decision at all? <sighs> I I'm mean, quite, quite happy with it. Yeah, that's that's quite a it's a good question. It's like, okay, so there's multiple layers to it. I regret in terms of I loved my time there. Mm -hmm. going to a London uni after having gone to a non-London uni and living, you know, more on campus and having that first bit of freedom living away from home. I definitely miss that. And obviously I miss the friends that I made. Right. So in the six modules that we did in that first year, in two of them, I got a, an award for 
getting the highest average across those two. Oh, but I didn't, I, I didn't know that. I, I, I knew I did okay. I, I knew I did quite well in the, in, in the end of first year, but also first year doesn't really count for anything. But there's more to it. So I didn't want to do, be an optician. But, and I spoke to people over summer from the core, uh, like, you know, the seniors and the, the course directors, and, and I was expressing my concerns with, you know, being an optician. And they, were, they, they weren't that helpful. And then one of the main guys, I remember his name, Richard Erlim, great guy. If he's still around, shout out to Richard. Yeah, shout out. He finally phoned me two weeks before you're meant to re-enroll. And he said, you know, what's going on? Like, I've seen your results. You've done really well. It looked like you're enjoying yourself whenever I saw you on the course. What's going on? And I just said, you know, it's not anything to do with my time now. I'm just thinking ahead. I can't see myself, you know, in, a, in, a, in an optician's room doing that week in, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. And he said, you know, there are other ways, like, what do you like? And then, you know, we were, I went down the business route and he's like, you can work a bit as an optician and then open your own franchise. A lot of people do that. I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then he's like, you know, I also see you like sport. Well, a lot, not a lot, but he's like, some people will leave and then do the extension three or four years to get qualified as a doctor. And then you could specialize as an eye doctor in sports. So for like footballers or whatever. And then I was like, wow, this is amazing. Great. Yeah. Let me, let me come back. And um, I couldn't just come back because I'd already kind of said no. Okay. And then, so he's like, okay, let me just confirm it. it's okay to re-enroll. And what I thought would make it okay for me to re-enroll was that some of the people who were from you know, Kenya and Canada, they actually hadn't even come back yet. So I was like, well, they haven't started. So surely, you know, even if I miss a bit because of whatever it may be, I can then start and catch up. And because I'd done well, hopefully, obviously, I would hope they yeah. assume that, okay, he can catch up. But they didn't want me to set a precedence that this kind of thing can be done. And that's why they didn't let me back on. I didn't know about my award yet. But then after they told me no, and then, you know, some of my friends from uni were like, oh, that's, that sucks. Then one of them texted me um, like three or three, four weeks in and said, I hate you so much. And I was like, lovely message. Cheers. Why? And then uh, she said, well, you know, we're in a lecture and then they were handing out awards and they said, and the next award is actually a joint award for two modules. And it's going to go to someone who isn't with us anymore. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Acting like he died. <laughs> yes. And they all knew who it was. And then my like, close friend called Sean was like, uh, yeah, bring him back. Because they, they knew I wanted to come back and they just wouldn't let me. So yeah, there was a, maybe a bit of regret that I didn't try and find this stuff out sooner or try and get mm. hold of Richard sooner. I don't know. But you know, I guess it was fate that it was meant to align this way and I had to change course. It's also more annoying, I guess, when they try to set an example out of you. Yeah. Did you end up with a physical award or not? Like, did you, was it like oh. just a verbal award? I was telling someone this story the other day. So yeah, there were two separate awards for them. One came from like the Chartered Institute. For, no, no, that's a complete lie. I can't remember <laughs> what the name was. But um, one award was a Waterstones voucher for like 200 quid. Great. Oh, fair enough. 200 quid. That's quite a bit. That's not bad, it? right? Yeah. And the other one was a 75 pound check. Obviously, for me, the seventy-five pound check was more exciting because of the freedom yeah. of what you can spend it on. So I received that. Thank you. Like I, you know, I had to go in, and it's kind of this awkward moment of, "Hey, you're gifting me for doing well in your course, but you won't let me back on." Uh, how are things going? Um, but what, <laughs> I don't know what happened. But I think my wallet got stolen, or I'd lost my bag or something, and the check was in it. So I lost the check. So I had to then ring them up and say, "Hey, like you can check that I haven't actually banked it in. It's 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 gone missing." Mm -hmm. And then, like, all right, cool. And then, you know, two months later, they, they sent me, a, they had another one. So I had to travel up to Cardiff, which I was planning to do anyway, to see my friends. And uh, I went back in and, and one of the, not the course director who had the final decision, but one of the guys who, the guy who had to tell me that the people above said no. He's like, you know, how are things going? Here's your check. 
And Anna, and this is, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, maybe you're not so organized or mature that you were able to lose a check. And maybe that's why you also weren't allowed back on the course. I'm like, that is uh, the yeah. most lateral way of thinking of trying to teach me a lesson. Just, just give me the check. And then I was like, okay. The thing is, though, the reasoning they had is kind of invalid in an industry as well, because you could hand in your resignation and you could unhand in your resignation and that you'll usually yeah. be let back in, you know? So like Weird. whatever logic they were using or whatever presidents they were saying doesn't even apply to. How does that conversation even go down? Like unhanding your resignation? For example, when, well, this is a bad example. Initially, when COVID happened, people had done that. And then afterwards, even during COVID, people had right. done that once again, just because I guess they couldn't secure another place. Or the other place was like, no, all of a sudden. So they mm. could just revert, you know. Oh, I'd be bare awkward to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like, how do you interact <laughs> yeah. with those people? Like, you know, they're just looking for the next <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah, I, I wanted to go somewhere better, but now they weren't happy. So I got to yeah, hey go settle. But no, that, that's, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. Going from there then, so you had uni, then what did you like go into after that? Yeah, so then... I still didn't know what I really wanted to do. And I could see so many people like really determined, like, I want to be a trader. I want to work in sales. You know, I want to work at Goldman Sachs, all of the, the usual stuff when you go to like Cass Business School. And I was like, oh, these sound cool, but I don't really, I'm not really up for that like 14 hour. That didn't appeal to me to make loads of money, but then work 16 hours a day. I was just like, I, I don't get it. There's other stuff I want to do in my life. So I started looking at banking jobs that were a bit, that well, I genuinely found interesting and weren't going to, just run me into the ground. And so I ended up getting a grad scheme at Deutsche Bank in a space in transaction banking, which I genuinely found interesting, which we don't need to get into. Otherwise, you might lose listenership really quickly. But um, I was very similar to you in the sense, like being in computer, like a computer science student and the uni was, I think those kind of like big banks yeah. were quite, they were kind of, I wouldn't say easy, but they were like easy to get into, but they were like pushed a lot and. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of people going into them. And it, it wasn't something that really interested me in particular, but I know a lot of people did go into it. Yeah, it's the classic, you know, grad scheme. The grad schemes are there. They come to university campuses to find people. Mm. You then do the reverse where you're like, well, this is obviously going to be my next step. I kind of took that very standard route. And for a lot of it, I enjoyed it. Like, you know, that kind of going into the city, wearing a suit, um, having your own money and being able to like go out in the city and all of that stuff. So that was good for a while. But then I just, there were a few things that happened, but I always wanted to work abroad. And that opportunity was promised to me. And then for some reasons within their control and some reasons out of their control, just for 18 months, I was doing, I was doing the exact same work, learning nothing new. I got so efficient at knowing what I didn't have to do and get away with it. Things like turning around a monthly review, which I could turn around quarterly and save 60% of the time, which not ideal because if they were suddenly come with, oh, hey, can you send me last month's review? Then I'd, then I'd have to like do it really quickly. But it, it just very rarely happened to a point where just fast forwarding a bit on when I, when I handed in my resignation at Deutsche Bank in the like goodbye letter card that they wrote with the gifts they gave in the card, my global head who love him, like love him to bits, he did so much for me. And he, you know, was really transparent with me, but he wrote, um, you know, you're going to go really far in life. I've seen what you're capable of. If you put as much time and effort into the time and effort you put into not being at your desk at work, you're going to go really far. And so, <laughs> so, 
to cover my global head. I was, and I always thought he never noticed how much I was away from my desk because he was always out in in meetings and and yeah, yeah, client yeah. meetings and abroad. And I'm like, ah, oh, he did realize that. <laughs> oh shit! I would definitely be like that as well. Like, I, trying like, I to, can relate a lot, like to yeah. that. Um, or if I'm at my desk, might like have like a YouTube video in a corner of my yeah. screen or like a Netflix episode. And now, now I'm like thinking like, oh shit, maybe they do notice. And I'm like, I need to maybe like stop that. It's like when like you like have a crush on a girl or something and then you think they don't know, but then they do know. And it's like, oh, for shit. All good. So this actually, my friend, when he was, was he drunk? Anyway, but he, he just came up with this. Uh, so he thinks the hiring process is really flawed. And he was, he was thinking about how he would replace the current, the way that people get hired. Okay, what do you think of the hiring process now? And what would you do if you were like in charge of completely overhauling the way people are hired into jobs? I'll be honest, the first thing I'll do like in general would be remove those online tests, which are, you know, like basically catered to people who are like, have a specific type of way. Like I feel like we're more designed for uni. I wanted to follow it in that way. Yeah. It's longer for those who... We, he were talking about like coding tests. Here, no, no, no. I, coding tests, I think, should be there, but you should do it in, either in person in like the actual setting, or do you know what I mean? Like, then what are these online tests you're talking about? I'm talking about like you know, you have to do like the aptitude tests and all that bullshit. Like, oh, that the shitty like 30 minutes, 100 questions. I had an interview bullshit. when they sent me that, and I was just like, no, nah, I can't be asked. <laughs> I just rejected it. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't be bothered doing it. That's the first thing I'd remove because I feel like in an actual like interview setting, it's very different. Because I remember like one of the interviews I had done in the past where. I was in the office with them and I was just coding next to them and one person next to me and the other person was on Webex. I had to share my screen too. And we were doing the coding challenge. I felt like that was a way better scenario and they were obviously happy to, un- they understood that obviously I'm going to Google during it. So I, I just made sure they were fine with it. Like, yeah, yeah I would Google during this uh, for this specific thing. Do you like the coding test where they're watching you do it? That's way b- better. Oh, I don't like that. Do you know how like people would ask me to do the coding test for them ahead of like, you know, at uni in the non-video version whatever it was i like it they just send me the test to do and i'll do it in my own time kind of thing um i feel like doing it in the in-person setting like i know it's a bit it's a it's pressure but like i feel like that one that one at least lets you tell a lot more about what they're kind of capable of how they work like in the scenario like you don't even have to pressure them too much whereas like if you're doing it all online i remember like doing three hours of like aptitude tests followed by a coding test I was like, I just can't be fucked with this. You know, like, that's the, that's one of the things I'll change. I don't think aptitude tests... I, I can understand how they filter out people, but I just don't think they're... I don't think they're, like, you know, like, opening up. They're, they're only... They're filtering in to a specific type of people, not, like, catering to everyone. Some people may not be good at aptitude tests, but maybe sick employees. Like, yeah. how do you judge an aptitude test? Like, I'd rather ask people in interviews, when I'm conducting interviews, I'd rather ask them, what would you do in this scenario? Mm, and I'll mm. just have like a tick box of my answers that I kind of want to hear. And then I rate their answer, send the thing over to the managers, our, like our managers, and then that's their problem. Like I'd rather do those kind of things than put someone through an aptitude test. See, I'll take it one step further. I, I like that. I like that route you're going down. And what, yeah, I agree that, you know, ju- just the aptitude tests. Sure. I th- you can teach someone to be smart. Obviously you need to see to a certain level that someone is, you know, smart enough to do the role. And that's kind of what A-levels and uni are for. But when it comes to a job, firstly, have you heard of a show called Naked and Afraid? I feel like nah. I have. Is this the Gok Wan one or is this something else? No, so I think it's called that. I think it's called Naked that's and Afraid. That's how to look at naked, Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> very, very different concept. So Naked and Afraid is like two people, uh, a guy and a girl, are literally put on an island or in a, you know, in the Amazonian rainforest or like a certain desert area. 
quite a challenging place. Um, and they're just kind of left there without clothes and they have to survive for 10 days or 21 days. Or I think if they advance, then it gets to 21 days, but they basically have to survive. And sometimes the conditions get really harsh. Like it could rain a lot, but they, they're normally people who have, they're not just completely random people. They normally have some kind of background, like they've served in the army or they just have a strong interest in like nature trails or wildlife or something. So you can see them talk through like, this is, you know, this is how we, if you coil the leaf in a certain way around this particular type of stick, then it's more likely to create a fire. So they kind of talk through how they create fire to then cook the food that they found and like Mm -hmm. building a shelter that's strong enough. So it's actually... I'm not even into all those like nature shows, but that's really interesting to be like, wow, this is how people like how people's minds can work to survive in these environments who like gives up easily. Obviously, I'm not saying put every interviewee through that, but that kind of thing where like you're saying, you know, what would you do in this scenario? But the step I would take it to is actually putting them in certain scenarios in groups, right? So then you'd be able to see, you're more likely to see someone like, you know, this guy who just comes in late. Well, you know, if you put them in like a one week scenario of something where they need to get up early to commit to the rest of the team that they're going to be there and they like assign themselves a role, are they going to deliver on it? Then you really get to see how do they actually work in and make it a bit challenging. Obviously, don't throw them in a deserted area with like poisonous insects and have them naked, but just something that's really going to test their resolve and like resilience and persistence and ability to communicate with people that they don't know. Obviously, not every company has the time to do that. So maybe create a, a company that they outsource it to and then they run the one week trial or whatever but that would I be think cool. it's different for like I'd probably have different opinions depending on whether I'm the employer or the employee yeah like if I'm interviewing for a job I don't want to take like a week out of my like time to interview for True. one okay. like yeah. one job whereas if I'm the person hiring maybe I would go through the effort to find make sure I have the kind of right person so I've recently gone through kind of the job process I'm like fairly new to my job and I just kind of wanted basically the kind of smoothest, mm. easiest interview kind of process that I could get. That's kind of what I wanted. That might just be because I'm like lazy or whatever. <laughs> but um, I think my one thing from my like current startup that I'm at was that they put a lot more focus on like culture and values mm. than even the technical side of things. Like, of course it had to be technical because I'm going for a technical role, yeah. but compared to the other interviews I had, they were kind of, they, it felt like they were just more interested in the kind of like me, like as a person, like, sure, I've got the, I've got a uni degree, a master's, I've got the technical experience, but as long as like, I seem like the kind of person who's willing to like learn yeah. and like pick up skills if I don't have them or and all that kind of stuff, yeah, which is yeah. something I kind of really appreciate. And I think that would be something I'd, if I was hiring, I'd probably like to focus more on like that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Someone they actually want to have around for yeah, all those hours yeah. in a day. Yeah. So m- maybe not my extreme version of naked and afraid, the hiring version, but um, even if it is like an afternoon thing, but yeah, even maybe some people don't want to do that, but if it's like, all right, in this, in these next four hours, you're going to put in this challenging situation with the rest of the applicants and see how they deliver. At 9am, put them in a team in an escape room in a variety of escape yeah. rooms and then afterwards content, conduct your technical interviews. But are the other people in the team also competing for the same job? Or are they already employees? Oh, oh, oh. Good question. Maybe don't, let, don't tell them. Yeah, yeah. It's a mix mm. of both. Yeah. Maybe I like that. Fake identity, yeah. Employees are scouting, yeah. I like, oh, this one's 
yeah, if, right. if you ever want to start up a side career, let's uh, let's explore this. This isn't actually a bad shot, you know. Fun, uh, fun interview processes. Yeah. Hiring rooms, not escape rooms. Oh, I rooms. like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> well, you know what? I'm after that yourself. Yeah, you might have to cut this bit out of the episode. <laughs> Can't reveal the secrets. Yeah, so moving on from like banking, do you go into like a more creative field, or even like your solo projects? I think was it the local beings was the one that yeah, yeah, pointed yeah. out. So this was it. So this was when there, there was a point I reached up in, in that banking role where I was like, you know, I'm just I'm still not being as creative as I can be. Obviously, the role I think that role brought out some level of like, okay, I've still got some creative in me, but there was something. There was something else where I didn't necessarily want to be like a YouTube star, um, but I just, I enjoyed meeting new people and I was really interested. I think because I got into like spirituality in my young 20s or late teens, just the idea of like understanding the way people think psychologically and philosophically, that side of me came out, which was never there you know, in my teens. And then I used to watch some videos of like social experiments. I thought these were really cool. Like when people would go out into the street and, you know, a homeless person would then give money back. Like, I don't know if you know Fousey, but he did one where he was, a, he dressed up as a homeless person and he gave money to a person walking by and just seeing their reactions or like bullying in front of other people and seeing if they react. And I just found this stuff really interesting to see like how certain people react in, in certain environments. And it used to blow my mind that, you know, how can you walk past a guy that's getting beaten up? And then they would give some like reason of why they didn't approach and try and help the person. So then I was like, well, what do I want to do? And it's like, I just, actually, so my, my inspiration came from Humans of New York, which I thought was one of the, the best ideas ever. And then I was, I kind of started doing that in London. So really getting outside of my shell. And that's when I was like finding ways to be away from my desk. Cause I was like, the, you know, the weather's great outside. I just want to go and meet people. I don't want to be stuck at my desk. So I got to that point where I was like doing a Humans of London version. And within a few weeks, I actually met people who created Humans of Greater London who were doing the exact same thing by sheer luck. And then I was like, oh man, this is already being done. Like there's no point in me starting again. So then I started doing a video version where I wouldn't just be like, hey, tell me your story. I'll write it down and then I'll make a post of it and put it on Facebook. I started like asking questions to people. Uh, I'd ask the same question to a hundred people. And then based and then sort of create a video summary of their responses. And for me, it wasn't really about what is the response they gave, but kind of what is the, their justification. So one of my first questions was like, would you want to be famous? And then, you know, people either say yes, no, or maybe. And was this like, so would one video be around that one question? Yeah. yeah, yeah. People? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that just involved me going literally around the street and stopping someone and being like, Hey, you know, I'm creating this project kind of just like my own side project on psychology and the way people think i'm just going to ask you like two or three questions are you all right and most people actually said yeah you know i'd say 80 percent of people were completely happy to take part so then yeah i'd be like you know would you want to be famous they'll say yes no and i'll say why and you know it's quite interesting to know why they would or why they wouldn't um so i did loads of those and in fact lost my hard drive so i've probably lost about 60 percent. but i got a few uh. i got a few videos out on facebook which took a long time to edit but it just gave me for me, it was two things. It was like, okay, cool. I'm being creative and using this new like Facebook on the rise, YouTube on the rise, like back in the day, but also just meeting new people. I just love to like hear people's stories and find out kind of what makes them tick or people, especially because I worked in Liverpool Street and then on the doorstep is Shoreditch and people in Shoreditch are very different to people on the other side of Liverpool Street as you go into bank. And I never had that kind of like hipster crew. Not like I wanted to be a hipster, but I was like, they're just completely different people who've come from different backgrounds. Like, I kind of want to know what they're about. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so that, that's what I started doing while I was still working in banking. And again, I didn't really know where I wanted to take it. I just kind of wanted to make content and throw it out there and see what people thought. Uh, and so I carried that on for a while. And I think that's kind of why I've always had this spark to do something and probably where the podcasting sort of inspiration in me came from. That's a, it's, it's a cool idea. I think, um, can we talk about like, what what's one or two that I've been, that were quite split or Ooh, yeah, okay. were like quite popular? So first I'll ask you your opinions on them because I know you've done it a few times with your guests, like kind of the would you rather. Yeah. So one of them, would you rather have like 10 million or your dream job? Well, like I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I mean, like, I don't even know what my dream job is anymore. So like I'd rather have 10 million and do whatever I want because that could basically I could do research. I could do that. I can make sure that money's making money and then I could do research. I could maybe focus on a PhD, like a self-funded one if I had to. It opens up options, which I don't know, like, because for some reason, I feel like maybe the newer generation stuff has kind of seeped into our generations where basically we can't stick to one thing like forever. Like the thing that we start liking, that we start doing, we can't like it and do it for like work for too long. That attention Mm. span to it is affected. Yeah. So I've been thinking like I wanted to be nothing else but a software engineer, like. I like, you know, develop some amazing software, do some amazing stuff. But I feel like after I got here, like, and I, there's other stuff I want to do, but sadly, obviously, as much as I hate to say it, there's no money in it. So like, I can't just shift to it because I got shit to pay. So it, it creates that, it's that situation. And I was just like, if I somehow, you know, won the lottery without playing the lottery, I would love that if that made sense. But since I don't do that, you know, because it, it, it genuinely would be a waste of money. Like if somehow I could have 10 mil, that would be great. I wasn't thinking of it with like three mil. I was like, three mil would be enough or something, you know? So actually uh, at the time, I, I just, I didn't give a number, but a lot of people would be like, well, it depends what you mean by rich, right? So I just, uh, right now, I just kind of arbitrarily said said 10. So may- maybe, yeah. I mean, another part of the question could be what number would make you choose money over the dream job? The number I was thinking of would be if I was given two mil right now, that's mm. enough to buy a couple property and let that, you know, see it back in anyways. And then that will allow me to, slowly just basically carry on doing things with the same budget I work on right now and then like you know I wouldn't have that nine to five blocker and then I would probably be doing I don't I don't know I don't know how long the podcast will continue for after and so on yeah but start up or whatever like I'll probably implement a better routine that's probably better for myself physically and so on so I'll probably focus on that but I think two mil is more than efficient and if if it wasn't efficient I'd move out of London do you know what I mean but Cause I'm stuck. Cause I'm like, yeah, from two mil onwards, you choose the money here. Yeah. I think I think I'll do it at one mil as well. I can make it work with one mil. Okay, I'll take the job. I'll take the job. Wait, so your dream job, just to clarify, Aaron, is a footballer for Manchester United. That's okay. I'm being quite specific here, but that's a dream you job. Wanna, you want to play alongside Ronaldo? Well, it can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if it wasn't alongside Ronaldo, just man, if the the fans were chanting in my name and oh, mate, getting emotional just thinking about it. So this is basing it on taking out the money factor that comes into being a professional footballer. So you're doing it just for the sake of being a professional footballer because that's the dream job element, right? You wouldn't get the piece. Yeah. You, yeah. Would you do your dream job for free? Hmm. Would I play for Man United for free? Yeah. Am I improving? Thing is, yeah, if I knew I was detrimental to the success of Manchester United, are we <laughs> assuming that I'm, I'm up to standard as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your dream, you. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with the team. You're qualified to be in your dream job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would do it for free. I would do it for free. 
So that is, um, yeah, which is what I found really interesting because this one, you can really like start getting into the details of how people choose their answers. But, you know, one thing is people who have no idea what their dream job was, but take the money. There's a lot of people who are, they're like, I already do my dream job. So yeah, I'll take the money. Um, and then, but then there's others where if that dream job is quite a very, very niche thing, mm-hmm. which shows that, you know, you have a certain ambition that you'd love to get towards, then, then they normally take the dream job. But the, the biggest thing I found was I always thought people who took the money are really selfish. People who took the dream job. <laughs> hap- Wait, happen- can I just clarify? There's nothing that would say I wouldn't give to charity. In this no, no, exactly. No, hundred percent. And that's what I found out. A lot of the answers, cause, like I said, cause I'd ask why. Yeah. A lot of people said, uh, because I want to pay off my family's like mortgage and like give to my brother and sister, blah, 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 and my family. And I, because I really like, one thing I really want to do is be able to, you know, build a school somewhere for like, uh, uh, like underprivileged kids. And my dream job wouldn't allow that unless my dream job was to build the schools, but I'd rather have the money to do it. And then, you know, some leftover for my family. And then I was like, whoa, yeah, that's really good. It's really point. <laughs> if you told me I was, I'd be a professional football player for any other team, I'll yeah. take the money. Okay. So yeah. So, I mean, your dream job is very specific to that, which is great, really. But yeah, it comes down to, uh, do you see your job as like a means and end to a bigger purpose? Or do you see the job as one of life's purposes? That's like another sort of avenue you can kind of... What about you? Has anyone asked you the question? So me, yeah. So I guess, I guess it's kind of skewed that I can go on that approach, but I think, yeah, it, it definitely changed. I always wanted to know what my dream job was. And, you know, at that time, it was very much of like anything that allows me to like meet loads of people and just be able to connect. I think inspire. My whole thing was like, let see it. So nowadays, like any, any other person can call themselves like a life coach. But back, I'm talking like over 10 years ago, I really loved the idea of like be, being able to inspire a lot of people from something that I was genuinely offering that's not just, you know, it's obviously taken from maybe literature or like teachings or whatever, but where I'm delivering it in, in some way that's inspiring loads of people. So that's something I really wanted to do. And so I would have said dream job. But then, then yeah, it's, it's tough because also there is that angle of like, well, now I, I, I want to make money to be able to leave some kind of legacy. And by legacy, I mean, I don't need it to be known by my name. But like, say if it's that building a school in Uganda, because that's where my like dad grew up and I've been back there and, you know, it, I'd be like, like love to be able to do that. I don't need in 200 years for it to be like built by Anand, but just the fact that it still exists 200 years from now and like loads of kids and teachers have gone through that and progressed somewhere in life that they otherwise wouldn't have. That's the kind of like legacy I want to live. And so there, there definitely is a sum of money that would allow me to do that. So I think, I think it has changed and I would shift to the money, maybe 10 mil. I haven't actually thought about the number. Uh, maybe even at least five, yeah. Yeah, crunch some numbers. Yeah, exactly. Find out, calculate ways. And the other, yeah, w- without you know spending so long on the other one, the one which, it, so this is more of a scenario and then you can quickly give your two views on it. So the, the scenario is that you have a baby, you love the baby as you hopefully naturally would. And then by the age of three or four, so four years of dedicating your love to this baby, you actually find out that there was a mix-up at the hospital. So that's not actually yours and your baby is with someone else. Ooh. What, um, what do you do? So I remember asking this one and this, I couldn't actually make this video because the answers are so long. Super interesting. One of my most interesting questions. But yeah, what would you do? And you know, you can't see both. You either, it's one oh, or the other. it's just one or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's, that's my baby now, man. That's my yeah. baby. I feel like that's, okay, that's, that's, that's my kid. What's the other like parent saying? 
Yeah, so that that question used to get asked a lot. There, you don't really know. They're definitely not getting abused. It's not like okay. the other kids in a devastating situation. But you don't really, you, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know if the other. Wait, do the do the kids know that they're being swapped? Yeah, this is this is my main question. No. Okay, if they don't, and they they just think that they was just their biological parents, and it's then you know it's fine. Then no, but it's gonna. I feel like but, it's yeah. gonna come out eventually. It's one I mean? of those. Yeah, would you ever tell them? Yeah. I felt like if I adopted a child, I'd probably tell them somewhere after 18 when, when I think they're... After 18? Like around 18, yeah. Oh, tell them sooner. Like how early can you tell them without ruining, like messing them up? Like you need to make sure they... Tell can... them straight away. I'd, I'd be like... You'd adopt a child that want to tell them. What do you mean? They're not going to understand it at one, but I'll tell them as soon as they can understand. You have to base on the maturity. At 18, them. they'll probably be like, why didn't you tell me? Like 18, you're old enough to understand. You're a young like... adult. You need to make them... That also helps add to the young adult thing for them. Like oh. You're treating them more as well. I would have been like, if I would be like, why didn't you tell me sooner? Mm. But then, like, everyone thinks they're all grown up sooner, though. Like, even even we did, yeah. But ultimately, like, 18 like, is like. 18's old, man. I feel like 18's a lot older than you Everyone think. already assumes 18 when they're like a big man, you know, like when they're, when they're a big man and all that. So, like, if you're told at 18 and you can't hack that, then. No, you can obviously hack it at 18, but I feel like you should be able to hack it at like earlier than that. But remember, like, Aaron, you can't, if, if you do swap the kids back, then the other, like, you'll be just so weird on the kid as well, anyways. But like, no, I, mean, way, I don't want to swap the kids back. Like, in, okay. in the, uh, the question we are actually answering, like, yeah. I've, I've, ra- I've raised that kid, like, that's, yeah. But that's my kid, no, no, yeah. I agree. I would be open, I think I'd be open with them as well. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, pretend I'm their biological parent. What, what age would you tell them? I, I don't understand. I can't like literally tell you now. It depends on like no, no, but the kid. What like, age do you think you would have told yourself in that situation? I was a mature kid, man. I was, <laughs> I was, I was doing maths at like four years old, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel like the sooner you do it, the sooner you get out of the way, the sooner it's gonna, it's less, it's gonna become less of a problem. Yeah, but you don't want to put that mentality into them from early as well. Like you want to show them that you still love them unconditionally. That's what that's my thought. Like you still love them unconditionally, and you still will. No, no. I mean, you can do that. I like you can do that if you want to do that. But I'm not gonna wait till 18 to tell my kid if they're adopted. Yeah, but what age? How do you decide the age? No, it just depends on the kid. Like how mature they like seem. Like if if I think that the child is mature well before, then they'll know well before. But 18 is basically when everyone thinks they're unleashed upon the world. So So I'll I'll tell them as soon as they understand like what adoption is. Like as soon as they like as soon as they understand that concept, I'll tell them. The Basically. more of a kid they are, the more possibility you leave to get yourself hated or have an issue with you as well. Whilst you can argue that you've been lied to for longer, like, no, no. as a kid, like, how would you interpret it? But you're yeah, straying away from the point. Yeah, yeah. So I think we both said we'd keep it. Mm. Keep the child. I'd be, I just think be honest. That's literally it. I just think be honest with them. I think it's really interesting that you have different views. That's good. That's what makes it, especially interviewing groups, it's, it's cool when they, do actually start these kind of things with each other. Sometimes people change their minds, but normally people are quite fixed on their view. But there's no right or wrong, right? And so that that's what made I try and I tried always to choose questions that didn't have a right or wrong. Like no well, one would judge. Choice? I didn't make a choice, but I genuinely I think okay, so more the more common thing was actually to keep the the current baby. So that was more common. Not by a lot, but it was more common. I think I'd want both. Do you know what I mean? oh, well, <laughs> I'd want to keep him and like take the other kid as well. That's pretty much but, everyone's. Yeah, I mean that that would be preference. But I think I would swap. I, d- I I'm just trying to. Th- I get the lot. You know, I've seen. I've got nephews and nieces, and you'd always honestly, be wondering, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, what's my biological kid doing? 
I think because I generally have that like way of thinking. I'm just trying to think that that the that alternative or always, you know, that's what kind of what made me leave my job and and just move to China. And I think I had that. I think I'd have the same thing here, where it's like, wow, I know that this is my actual blood child. I I think it would always eat away at me. That's what I think. But what again, just I could, totally nothing like like, like yeah, then totally right. nothing like say, you. I would accept that it would eat away at me. It's just that if they don't know, I couldn't just destroy both because it would destroy probably both kids a bit. You know, like. It may or may not, but like, oh, uh, if you swap them, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. At this moment in time, only the maybe I don't know if the other parents know, but at this point moment in time, it's only like affect. It's only in the heads of me and my partner, and I'm hoping that it's understandable that instead of destroying or causing havoc and all mm. that, it's just that kind of your burden for the kid. Well, yeah, for them because like we may not, for us, like we'll be quite grown and we'll be quite more understanding. Do you really want to just and put that upon them, especially like? As they're about to go through so many hurdles in life, probably. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's kind of, whilst it's both like fair, you know, to tell them, it's all, well, it would be unfair not to tell them, but it's also unfair to put them in the situation where, for example, you ask them to pick between a swap back or stay. I don't, I don't know. Like, that, that's a. Do you not think once you're 18, you'd appreciate that you got told a lot earlier? No, but I think, I think I'd probably understand a bit more. Like, I don't know. In my case, at least, I don't think. But I don't know what what age at a younger age me could you have told? So yeah, that that one was really interesting. I like that one. No, that is that's a, that's a tough one. Yeah, happy for your listeners to like chip in with their views and see what they say. Yeah, oh, these are the questions that we have to bring back to the podcast when we when we when we return. Yeah, I I should have a list somewhere. I'm happy to like. We have a list as well, but oh, they're just cool. not as. I feel like the the greatness of them died a very long time ago. Yeah, it does happen. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's that's some good uh, good questions though. Where can people find like? those those videos yeah so they're still up on on a facebook page called the local beings um i'll send you the the link but it is basically facebook.com forward slash the local beings i remember looking at it recently and wow i did a lot more videos than i realized i think it's one of those things you forget how much time and effort you've put into some of it so yeah feel free to scroll through the more recent ones because I, like i said i spent time in china and i was learning the language and so i started doing this in mandarin obviously with way less fluency like so they were really fluent and a lot some people were like wow you speak so well and i like trust me there were so many people i spoke to where over 50 percent of what they said i had no idea what they were saying i just picked out enough words that i kind of knew what they were talking about and you can tell now i'm telling people this they'll they'll notice it but the responses i give are very very i can't generate as much conversation because i can't think that quick enough in in that language because i only got to like intermediate level yeah but it was enough where they're like oh you know i you know i get what this guy's asking me i'm going to respond back and then i needed some help to like fully translate it all but yeah, yeah th- there's there's some in chinese there that's that's cool that's cool yeah we'll put links links to that in the in the description but another project that you've been working on and that's kind of how you know each other because like that's yeah. how shaley came on the podcast and that's how you like connected with shaley is the podcast you're currently running yeah 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 that's so the the journey onwards podcast indeed can you tell us like a bit about that like what what's the whole like concept and yeah like, when, so, when do you start it good question so yeah if anyone's heard the episode with shaley we connected because we had a similar or i did have a very similar purpose to her but mine's gone through a lot of evolutions i started uh, actually what year are we in? yeah this year so jan 2021 and really it began because it was an idea inspired off my friend who also similar background, you know, from London, but have parents from East Africa. He, and he interviewed them just mainly about their life. So 
what was it like growing up in Africa? How come you had to leave? How did you end up in London? How did you meet your partner? You know, what was the adjustment like? So I was like, that's just really cool because I have like such interesting aunts and uncles who are really fun to speak to where, you know, I don't feel like, oh, I'm a junior and they're a senior and I have to like go there and like bug it, like, you know, like bite down at their feet and then sit there all nicely. Like I have quite good back and forth with them. So I was like, I want to know about their whole life, especially growing up there. Because by this point, like I said, I'd been to Uganda at the end of 2017. So then, yeah, I just reached out to them last Christmas and I was like, you know, I want to do this project, especially during lockdown, like families are separated. And I think this would be a great way to kind of for me to get to know you better, but for me to kind of give a gift back to like the future generations. Because the biggest thing they were missing was like not seeing their grandkids and nephews and nieces during these years. So it's like, well, because you can't create memories with them like that. Let me get your story and then share it with them when they're at age, when they can understand and listen to it. And then obviously it can get passed on through generations. And that's really was the, the basis of it. So I spoke to them about, yeah, you know, some of them were born in Kenya, some of them were born in Uganda. They grew up there. They're talking about being Indians in East Africa and what that was like. And, you know, how much did they integrate with the local Africans? How much did they integrate with other cultures? And then the whole Idi Amin sort of political shift that happened in the early 70s, where they were told, you know, in 90 days, they had to leave, right? And that was a, that was a big, big thing where when I would say that, yeah, I'm from London, and my parents are from East Africa, but I'm Indian background. In London, that's quite common. But anywhere else, they're like, whoa, what? I don't, it doesn't make sense. And then it becomes such a fascinating talking point of them trying to understand how Indians end up in East Africa, how East African Indians end up in the UK. So getting this story was, uh, yeah, really, it was just, yeah, it was just a great way for me to kind of fill this time in lockdown and be able to give something back. Like I say, you know, I kind of want to leave this kind of legacy idea. Um, and even this is my little piece of the family legacy carrying on. So that's how it began. And I thought it was going to end there. But as I talk to people about it, like I'm kind of talking to you, some people coming up like, this is such a great idea. I want to share my story. And back then I was like, wow, there might, there clearly there are no other like immigrant podcast, immigrant journey podcasts out there. So I started speaking to these you know, random people. And I've heard, you know, in your previous episodes, you talk about how podcasting really helps build a network. I've met some ridiculously cool people who have crazy, crazy immigrant stories, like leaving Ukraine at the age of eight, uh, going from America to Japan, like 30 years ago. Um, and then I just, I was just like, wow, I, you know, I, I love hearing these stories and it just kind of carried on from there. And that's what Shaley kind of, you know, does as well. But where, what's, what's changed now, as I said, you know, it was aligned, but now Something that I realized, and like I say, it just kind of naturally evolved. I was like, I don't really know what my brand is in this because I used to kind of listen to other podcast experts on their position, like what they say about becoming a podcaster and sticking to it. And they're like, you know, find your, find who you are within your brand of your podcast. Like what is your purpose here? And I was like, I don't really know because I'm asking these people about their immigrant stories. And sure, you know, they, they give good feedback. Like I ask great questions, but I can't really share that much because I haven't really had an immigrant story. And, but then what I did realize is for me, I'm, I'm the kid of immigrants. So like, you know, I'm this like third culture kid where I went to school in London, but my home environment had like that influence of Indian and African culture. And I realized like seven out of 10 of my friends also had that. So that's really what my brand is. And that's what I actually want to bring out, like get people the chance to talk about 
what their family story was, like talk about that to me, but then also what influence that had on their upbringing in the culture they were raised in, in the values that they carry and like the purpose and the passions that they have now. So that's what I, that's what I speak about now on the show. Yeah. My, so my, my mum's the same where she was born in Uganda nice, and then moved over, uh, her family moved over because of the EDR mean thing. Yeah. Um, I remember like, so I, I, I grew up in like a small town in Essex and I was like the only brown kid in my school yeah. and everything. And that, that's, but like my dad was like born in India, but my mom was born in Africa, but they're both Indian. And it was just like a really hard story to explain. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I really thought it was like a, I didn't know like too much about it, to be honest. I thought it was like quite a unique thing to like my family, to like my mum. Right. And then I remember going like to uni and then other like computer science, like meeting a lot more like Indian people and just going to uni and meeting like a lot more Indian people. And then they would also the same same story and I'll be like, oh, it's like, <laughs> like it's, that's, not, that's not that unique now. <laughs> like, everyone, everyone's parents like born in like Kenya, Uganda and stuff, it seemed like. But uh, that's, that's, that's cool. That's funny. I mean, but when you leave the UK, like it's it's really not that. Yeah, some, yeah. some places are like if you go to Canada, but otherwise it's still just a part of history that's not really known to so many people. No, no, that's really cool because like we we started the pod, so like we were also like talking to like a new person kind of each episode. Hmm. I wouldn't say I've I've given the answer before. Like, oh, it's really like fascinated by like talking to new people and all that. But I just I don't think I started. Or I don't, I don't know about like Hamish, but we started a podcast like where it's like, oh, we just want to talk to like really new people, meet loads of new people. I know. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I get your point because I think that's something I realized in that kind of journey as I went on. So like season one, I did my family. Season two, I did other immigrant stories. And I was like, it is really interesting, all these people that I'm meeting to, but it is, it's quite impersonal that they're just someone that I've connected with in, in some way. And I'm asking them about their journey and I'm really intrigued by it. And then that's it. But what I found out because what can I relate to stuff about what it was like to grow up in a certain culture. But now I kind of like you, I connect with people that's a, more of a warm. So it's, it's someone I either know really well. So I've interviewed loads of my friends and it makes the conversation a lot easier. It also makes it a lot more engaging for the listener because it's not just me being like, Oh wow, that's really interesting. Tell me blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's a proper conversational interaction. Exactly. Like how your podcast setup is. Cause you know, our podcast is not like here are 10 ways to, you know, turn your retail business into 10x, right? It's not, it's not one of those podcasts. It is more of, we're just having a chat about topics that people have either, either an interest or a passion or an expertise in. And we want to share it with you guys, you know, if you find it enjoyable, carry on listening. And so that's what I'm really doing now. So you're right. It's, it's not really about, I get to know people a lot better, but they're normally people I know to some degree already. Yeah. I think it's something I've like grown to like getting to talk to like new people and ask them cool questions, like get to know them, even if they're not like friends before. I think before the podcast, I was a bit like maybe a bit more of a stereotypical computer science kid, like doesn't want to kind of talk to anyone or, or not doesn't want to, but like kind of a bit nervous about it, a bit shy, awkward, etc. Oh no, I was just going to say that. I think as you go further in it, you do realize that it's like, it takes up a lot more time than you probably, than you probably initially realize. So I'm like, people are like, oh, that's a cool hobby. I'm like, man, I, I, I just don't think I'd call it a hobby. There's a lot that goes into it. But yeah, if you like that, that's what I mean. So if you're, if you like it for the reasons that you're saying this is fun, then, then it's good. Otherwise that's why most people give up after like seven episodes, right? Especially when I'm not sure how like, are yours like every other week? I think I saw. They okay, so they used to be every week, then they went to every other week, and now they're probably monthly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's income for us. <laughs> yeah. So we've released it like every 
like weak for like yeah for two years yeah so like need a breather so yeah we, we've like decided now like to like kind of take a break we're not sure for how long so if anyone's listening we'll be back but we're not sure for how long i think we're also like pretty stubborn where we we're like once we started doing it weekly we were like okay we gotta we can't stop yeah, <laughs> like, yeah i know that feeling yeah. yeah we just gotta keep keep doing it but uh, i feel privileged to to make that you know that that final send make, make the cut make the cut or, or also a bit upset that that you know this episode was that tiresome that you're like man we've got to cut it after this <laughs> no 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 it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't this episode if, if, that if makes... anything like you could think of it like this like because you're the last episode because you're the most recent episode yeah like people will you know like listen to yeah, your if they listen I to like most that. recent episode you might get some more clicks you'll yeah. be that person like it won't be just our first episode you'd oh, also yeah. be on the other side depending on how they saw it even yeah. also I'm pretty sure like friends that have come on to like start their own podcasts after and so on I think they realize afterwards that you know, like, I think they grew to admire, like, how much of a grind it was. Oh, yeah. You know, like, after, like, they, they appreciate it before, but when you do it, you realize it takes time. And that's why we always told people, don't do our frequency. <laughs> Never yeah. do our frequency. Mm. Yeah. So if anyone's listening that does want to be a guest, like, yeah, do still get in touch. We'll, we'll definitely won't say no. We haven't said no to anyone. So, <laughs> yeah, if you want to be a guest, get in touch and we will, like, schedule, we'll get you in for some time whenever we're back. And... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what else. I don't, know if I've, I don't think I missed anything. That's pretty much it, isn't it? If there's any preferred guests you want to see or your friends, you can once again refer them as well because we do have a list. So we will just go back through in order. I think we'll still be active on like social media and stuff, posting old old episodes and stuff. Yeah, well, what was your question then, Hamish? Oh, yeah. So it's going to be like, this This one could be a bit too deep here, but basically <laughs> it's, it's been bothering me. It's been bothering me. So I need to, I need to ask people, because after, especially after the conversations we had. So would you say, you're, you know, your closest friends here are like, the super super closest friends you have would you ra- rather them d- one of them like die before you do or something <laughs> and you have to go to their funeral or would you rather you die and then you die first so like you don't have to experience that pain do i have like a family yeah Wait, what do you mean by family what do you mean family like to have kids like a wife kids and all that kind of stuff because i'm putting them first to be honest okay, that's a, that's a different situation let's just say current current where you are currently in life what which one would you rather have <sighs> remember like the, but then the again i'm like, thinking of family like i'm thinking like i don't know why would i like mm. upset my mum? like i was just thinking the life insurance parent could ensure the property stuff sorted for them and then i was also like though i wouldn't want them to be in that scenario then i was like if, if a friend died i wouldn't want to have to go to the funeral but like whatever you know then you're putting like your parents through losing a kid yeah i know but that's i also considered that like i wouldn't want that as well so it's like multiple there's just l's all around you know like there's this is a question which I need to hear some opinions on because it's a mad fuck hey, situation Mish, to be you're in. dying, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're out. It's calm, it's calm. I think there's a, a good point. I think if it comes to friend, man, if my friends hear this, they're going to be so pissed off. I mean, like it's one of your closest ones. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like, I, yeah, like, man. Day one or something. Imagine someone you like see like every other week or something, you know, like they're that close to you. Because then you'd have to go talk to their family or whatever and be like, you know, like, how would you say yeah, like, that's true. One? I don't know. I feel like I would, yeah, I'll be like, yo, if you ever needed me, like, I don't, I don't know how I say it. Like, if you ever needed me. But are you saying it's, it's worse to witness it? Both are worse, bro. There's, they're both equally as fucked in my head, but I don't know which one I'd rather have. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew well, one of my ex-girlfriends, her like best friend before I knew her did, did die. And like, she said it really messed with her. So I can imagine it does mess with people. But I do, uh, yeah, I think selfishly i would let the friend die but if it came to family like that that's why i think aaron's question is quite relevant if it's like wife and kids then i think maybe i would take my life 
Uh, but then they. No, I'm saying I wouldn't. I'd st- no, if I had wife and kids. Yeah, I wouldn't put my wife and kids through through that me actually. dying. No, no, it's not your choice to like say like which one would you rather situation would you be in? So like say okay, say you had a wife and kids, Aaron. Say, and what someone was gonna die it was either gonna be you or your friend. Neither of you knew which which situation would you rather be in. Well, obviously you wouldn't be in one. Of what do you mean? I don't want to die. If I got wife and kids, mm. I'm, I'm I don't want to die. Like I don't I don't want my kids growing up without a father. Do you know what I mean? Say so, say so your best best friend just takes your wife. Exactly, I can't trust you. This is karma for your logic. This is your logic. Yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't, I can't trust you, mate. So I'll be like, see you later. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had to decide through that. If the question was between you and your child, Ooh. oh, I'm going. I'm off. I'm, I'm off. going. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a no-brainer. That's why I had to say friend because is know, it your friends can still okay. be family. But then they they have the grief. But but then doesn't it still come back to your reason from the other one where yeah. See, that's what I mean. Your 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 aunt's, but your reasonings. That's interesting, right? How your reasoning has completely yeah, yeah, gone from yeah, one side yeah, to the yeah. other. I mean, because it's, it's like a kid. It's like you want them. They haven't. You've experienced more of life than it. Like that, you know. Like I've, yeah, yeah. I've got like so, thirty years on you, or not thirty. Yeah, how many years on you? Whatever. Like, yeah, so, a yeah. child is always innocent. So, yeah, yeah, not always innocent. Sometimes they can be a bit, yeah, dickheads. Yeah, but they're born innocent. Like this nature, and I mean, once it's you like tell your kid that he, that that he or she is adopted, man. Yeah. <laughs> they won't be innocent of trust <laughs> super interesting though say in the situation where you had a family say if it was either you or your partner which one would you rather be dead depends who's the better parent <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I don't know who's I'm got joking. the better aspirations <laughs> yeah I think I've, I'd be I'd have to choose myself unless nah nah I'd have to choose myself I was going to be unless like my wife is like literally a bad parent, but I don't don't think I'd be with her. With if she that was. person. Yeah. 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 I was thinking like so, I could probably cope better, but it's probably like I could probably leave more things in long term mm. in, in my succession or my passing away for Wait, them. she's not capable. No, no. It's just <laughs> that like I would have planned things or put things in place to ensure that they're good forever, you know, like more than like they would like I feel like I feel like I always had long um, longer term visions anyway. So like I feel like that 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 would be the trade off, and which one would you rather? But then, would you want to have to deal? Then this is what this is where like you don't know the line between selfish zone. Because would you want to deal with the child's grief, or do you want to let your par- partner deal with your child's grief? Like, would you want would you want your partner to remarry after you've died? What age are we talking? That's a good question. I think want <laughs> would I want them to? I won't lie. I'd be, I'd be like, I'm not obviously going to kick up a fuss, you know, like wherever yeah. I am, like in heaven <laughs> or whatever. I'm not going to like, but say I faked my death. Yeah. <laughs> so I was still here. I'd be a bit like, oh shit. Like I'd be a little bit triggered. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like, I would be like, fine. Okay. Except I'd, I'd obviously have to accept it. Also, it'd be like how like the husband can't be better than me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he has to be like good enough just a yes man provider who like keeps her happy but yeah. still missing you and good for the kids yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. but i'm still number one i'm still like number one in the after, after you faked your death Aaron, would you go find a new partner hmm? <laughs> the thing is i'm i'm too much you a, can't you can't go back for her own safety so I'm what are too you? much of a romantic like i'd i'd feel like i'd still be around do you know what i mean were you just gonna get a run down the ops that tried to move to No, no, I'd still be like Are you just saying this for the listeners? So that the girls out there are like, ah. Oh. 
Yeah, obviously. You need to listen to more <laughs> of the shit he says. He cuts <laughs> half of it out. Don't, don't get too, you're here to listen to the proper version before. Like, I'd cut. still be like around, as in, like, obviously, I wouldn't make contact, but you know, like, where they're like, no, I'm just like, I'd have to like make sure they're like, I'd have to know that they're. You, that? you okay. can't, you can't get anywhere close to be recognized instantly. How would I? I might not be because if you did something that would put them in danger, there'll be people looking out for you, and if mm, people you'll be out of the country, no extradition, some, somewhere hidden. Oh, man. I have to just get you to. Oh, I won't get you. Right. <laughs> I, guess, I was like, I was like, what is this? I actually, I actually, I, wait. What was the, what was the question? <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't. I feel like yes. I couldn't. You're on I the run. Like Whatever. You're in like. Yeah. I feel like I just like Colombia. I'd still be too. I would still be too busy thinking about her. Yeah. Yeah. What if you see on the news like or oh, partner of convict or whatever? Not convict. I don't know. Rep. What is it? What is the criminal call when they're on the run? Fugitive Aaron Conway. Gets remarried <laughs> on the news in big headlines because you're that notorious for some reason. But there's this, so there's this TV show, yeah, where oh, it's called Manifest, and there's a family. They get split up at the airport because like their plane got delayed, so like half the family's going getting this plane, and one family's like waiting back. And then this plane goes up into the air, whatever. Then it goes through this like vortex or whatever. And suddenly it's like the people on that plane are like fast forwarded 10 years. They oh. don't age or anything, but they're fast forwarded 10 years. So when they land, it's 10 years later where the family that got on a different plane, like thought they were dead, basically, like the plane went missing. And so like the wife in this, in this TV series had like moved on Oh wow! with like another man and whatever. I think they were even married. So then the husband now suddenly hasn't aged a bit, lands He's he's literally goes back into his own house and like, it's like what the hell is like, like another man there and like to him it's like yesterday they, he doesn't know it's like ten years ahead or anything or he does because he gets told but like it feels like they were just on the plane whatever it's not like you're gonna not age on, on this situation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I'm, 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 I'm like changed the situation a bit like but uh, that's a bit like weird like what does the wife do in that situation like does the wife like mm. stick with this new with her new husband that she's like known the last like five years or six years or whatever or like the husband who's been dead to her for like 10 years or whatever and the kids as well like grew up with like another like or one of the kids was on the plane one of the kid wasn't and like the kid like grew up with a new father figure but then her old dad like comes in and it's yeah the siblings it's older than the other sibling now yeah somehow, yeah so. yeah there were twins as well and then one's like older oh, or like yeah 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 weird man it also okay I, I'm not gonna get into more spoilers yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. But I don't think I would be able to like move on. I feel like you can never go back though. You said because you obviously made that scenario. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I'd be able to. I think for the sake of my own sanity, I would attempt to move on. Because then I'd, otherwise, I'd just be, always be thinking of what I cannot have anymore. Whereas, let me at least try and build. It could be safer to move on. You literally have killed that identity of yourself. Yeah. Now you're just, now you're whatever else you're like. What I don't know, make a random name up for yourself. You're some other person, different hairstyle entirely. Probably change your hair color, change your drip so you don't match it, change your glasses style, no beard maybe, because you can never be associated with that. Yeah, you're now called Federico. That's a cool name. I'll take that. No, Guatemala is born again. <laughs> oh, I'll take that. Oh man, maybe I'll become a football player when I do that yeah. as well. <laughs> in Colombia <laughs> at the age of whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a bit that's fucked, man. I don't know. There you go. That's some questions that's been bugging me. But yeah. No, I like it. 
I did want to like we we've tangented a bit. I do want to like there's still I feel like a few things I want to uh to get through. The podcast, like just touched on a podcast briefly before we I went I want to talk about spirituality as well. What are like some things like you've learned from the podcast? Oof. Or things like both positive, both negative. In terms of podcasting or in terms of from guests? Both. Let's do both. Let's uh let's do podcasting first. So with podcasting yeah first the the point i mentioned earlier that it can't really be a hobby it does become a side hustle because you have two options and this is like for many things in life and kind of ties into one of my like lessons that i wish i'd told myself when i was younger but it is either way you're going to invest time or money so if i could write down something on a piece of paper and like send it back to like you know my 20 year old self and be like you have to follow this guidance it'll be like put your money where your mouth is and not like in this really harsh way, but it's just in the idea of if you really are pursuing a passion and an idea, put some money behind it. Because, you know, it's, and not, it doesn't, you know, I'm not talking like thousands and especially at 20, you don't have that. But when it comes to podcasting in the beginning, even still, I, I try and do a lot of it by myself. And it comes back to another quote of like, if you want to go quick, go alone. And if you want to go far, then go together. And it's something that I'm still, it's like an African proverb, I believe. Because you could do things, if it was just your decisions, you can just decide, do it quick. And which is, which is what I was doing, right? It was kind of like in the beginning, I know, I know exactly what content I want to release. I know when I want to release it. I know what I want to ask them. I know who I want as a guest, right? So it was all very fluid, but the, the, I was spending a lot of time and because it was locked down, it wasn't an issue because I was speaking to members of my family, it wasn't an issue. And then as I started speaking to other people, I was still on that learning curve and I was enjoying learning a lot of the processes because now I can so much better talk to someone else who is interested to start their own podcast. But at the same time, I have invested a lot of time that hasn't necessarily shown a monetary return, not like I was looking for it. But it also means that the time I was spending editing, I haven't been putting into whatever it may be, you know, mm-hmm. investment situations, reading, learning a language, anything else that I wanted to do because I invested so much time in it. Like I always thought I'd carry on my Chinese and I haven't because I went into podcasting. So could I have been way better at Chinese by now? Probably. But then what I would have had to do is outsource a lot of the podcasting, which I haven't really done enough of. And, you know, any top podcasters will say that that's the one of the main steps you have to take. So it is kind of, yeah, yeah. Trusting other people to do, especially if you're doing like video stuff and marketing stuff, right? The biggest thing to outsource for me would be the actual audio editing because I know what I want in terms of content wise. But yeah, I I think we're the same with that kind of. Yeah. But other things I still haven't, you know, like the, I make video clips and I've become quite good at making them. but I know someone else could make them better for me and, and quicker, as in I wouldn't have to spend any time on it. So that's one of the biggest things I've just learned in general, but it's definitely come up through podcasting that even if it is just a passion, like if you do want to keep it going and potentially it turns into something, but not even, you just want to make good quality out of something, then you have to put some money behind it. Otherwise, you're going to use all your time in it. That's, yeah, that's one big thing I learned on that front which I still haven't really done apart from like, you know, odd platforms and stuff that speed up the process, but I haven't like got aboard a, an assistant to basically take care of everything post recording. In terms of what I've learned from people, there's like the standard stuff I've learned from, you know, migration stories about just how resilient some people are, but like beyond 
what other guests like. I, I genuinely think it is that when you start speaking to people, and I got this a lot with my family, no one thinks they have an interesting life or story. Uh, yeah, I, say, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say no one, but I'd say many people, right? A lot of people, I'm like, oh man, you'll be really cool to have you as a guest. They're like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And it's like, yeah. you don't have to worry about that. Like the reason I want you on is because I want a conversation with you. And there's already something, just the fact that we are in the same social sphere of whatever it may be, you know, just I've spoken to you once before, or I've spoken to you for 10 years. There's a reason that I want to dive into this topic and this conversation with you. Yeah. So they'll look at previous guests as well and be like, oh, they're so, yeah, yeah. Like, you've oh had, God, it's yeah, been so, so interesting. And yeah, I, I haven't got a story like, like this. Yeah. But then it's like, there's the, the, there's two things, which one side of it is, firstly, they always have something interesting to do because they just have something that they care about. As soon as you have something to care about, you talk about it very like subjectively, very passionately. And then if someone wants to listen, they can. If someone gets bored of what you're saying, they can turn it off. It doesn't really matter, right? It gives you a chance to do it. But also, especially in the podcast I'm doing, it's really because I'm getting, and then you, you know, you've done it with me as well what's your inspiration? Tell me your background story. It's something about, tell me about X, Y, Z point in your life and why. And then when, when you put people in that position to have to start from chronologically as far back as they can and work forward, I've seen people through an episode suddenly be like, wow, I never thought about like why I do what I do or why I think the way I do or why I hit with, am with who I am because of my background. Or I will then feedback what my view of what they said is. And they're like, wow, I've never thought about it in that way. So for podcasting, yeah, beyond all the technicals, what I've really learned from it is it's not just a chance for me to release interesting content for listeners, but it really has made the guests be like, damn, well, I've never even thought about my own yeah. life in that way. That's nice as well to hear back when you're like interviewing them or speaking to them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think some of the favorite things we hear I don't know if it's a favorite because like, like, we're not trying to like obviously make people say things they don't want to but like some people say like they're like super comfortable sharing something they've never shared to like exactly others or anything and it's just first time it's coming out on the podcast so I'm like oh shit I, I don't know how to respond to that I won't like when they say that but I guess it is one of those environments hoping I mean in the podcast environment you'd hope to make like a kind of like a comfortable environment for them to talk in anyways yeah which once you pass that hurdle like 20 minutes in or something hopefully it just becomes good yeah, there's something, even though they know it's getting thrown out to a huge audience, some, it's, there's just something very disarming about a podcast where people do feel, oh, I've really wanted to get this off my chest and now I can, right? Yeah, for sure. Because you don't, you don't know what the, apart from the host, who you hopefully feel comfortable with already, you don't know what response or reaction the listeners are going to give because you're not, you're not on stage telling that story and seeing people's reaction. You're just putting it out there, getting it off your chest, feeling good about it. And then the listener has their own view. So it's taken away that pressure of most people. That's what most people are scared of. Most people are scared of being vulnerable or taking risks because they're worried about what other people will think. They're, they're scared of being uncomfortable. Like they're scared of you know approaching a girl or going into a new job or whatever. Not even really about their own feelings, but about how other people will think. Like say if you fell over in the street, what's the first thing you do? Apart from if you're really hurt, the first thing you do is like look around at who saw. If no one yeah. saw, if no one saw, you just get up and move on, right? You don't then like dwell on it like, oh my God, I fell over. But if you fall over, you look around and there's like five people who saw and started laughing. That's what's going to play in your mind. It's the reaction of other people that sort of holds people back. What, what are some like future, future plans with the podcast? Like where do you want to like take it? What's, what's in the pipeline for the journey onwards? 
Yeah, yeah, pretty good question. This is something that w- was never originally part of it. Um, and it's still something where you know, this is what I really love to create from it. So obviously I was collecting my family stories and like based on the feedback of people saying like, wow, I'd love to know, I'd love to do the same with my family. I'd love to gather their story because I realized I don't know that much about my like great aunt who lived in Fiji. I don't know that much about my own granddad who I see every weekend. These are the kind of feedback I was getting from my own friends who I'm asking not to just tell me, oh, it's good. Like I want them to genuinely tell me what they think of what I'm creating. And so have you heard of like ancestry.com or like myheritage.com, right? It's kind of like yeah. this online family tree. You subscribe to it and then you can Are see they like, it. I always thought they were scams. Yeah, I like, thought they were scams. I don't know. Uh, I thought they were the biggest scams, like, like, you know, fishing and stuff. I thought they were the biggest. To be honest, ancestry, I don't know because you have to pay immediately. So if you don't pay, you don't see anything. So I, or you don't see much. So I haven't used it. But my heritage is really cool because you basically can put in your own name and then it kind of, if there are already existing people, like, I think you then put in your parents' name. And then if you put in your, you know, your dad's name and his date of birth and where he was born, then obviously it looks in their database if that name already exists. If it does, then it'll ask you like, is this your dad? Obviously you, you're, you don't want to lie. So if it's not your dad, you say no. But if it is, then it will connect you to that person and maybe they get a thing to confirm. But then you get connected into their family tree if they have that existing within. Oh, so it requires like other people to also exactly. use it and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that's exactly what I would want to create, except not just a family tree. I want to kind of make a hybrid between that and something like Facebook, where it's a multimedia version of your family tree. And that's where the podcast fits into it. So that say, say if you uh, did what I did, so you interviewed, or I can do it, but say if you did it, you interviewed your like parents and uncles and aunties and got their story, you know, the end-to-end story of where they were born what their life was up until their point now, you could then upload that onto this website that I want to create. I've, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't come up with the name yet because I wanted to call it something like Lifetimes, but Lifetime is already taken. So that sucks. Ugh. But it would be that. So then, you know, the idea is three generations from now, if this thing carries on, your like great, great, whatever it be, great, great grandson would sign up to whatever this is called. Let's just call it Lifetimes for now, even though that won't be the name. <laughs> They sign up with Lifetimes, they're immediately connected to their thing by saying, this is my dad's name, this is my dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. But then within that, there's like the podcast, a, a podcast episode of their like them telling their life story. Then there's also like, maybe you'd upload specifically life events. So not just Facebook where you can up, mass upload whatever, like here's my cat, right? Or here's a piece of tissue paper. It really is like, this is where we, like a wedding picture or this is us moving into our first house. So you kind of, it becomes up to the user. You obviously want to upload content that benefits your family tree. You don't want to just throw tissue paper on there, right? So you could be like, oh, I've got an old picture of my, my parents you know, on their, their, their wedding day. I'm going to upload that. So it becomes a multimedia family tree where three generations from now, they can see like, wow, this is my grandparents. This is what they did. This is where they you grew up. You also want the timeline basically embedded into when, it, when they start getting connected. So for example, there are the two families from where your parents are from. And then at this specific date is when they were born and this is when they were met. This is yeah. when they got married. This is when they had the kid. Yeah. Okay. I can I can get behind that. Is everyone in the family tree having their own podcast or is it like just So that that's the that's the element where that would then require this podcast to become a money generating medium, right? So there's two ways. And I was been speaking to my friend who's like massive in startups, loves that kind of stuff. And he's like, maybe there should be two offerings. One is like I would give you a one pager template of like 
these are the kind of questions that would be great for you to ask to gather a good. And it also comes down to why do you need my view on what you should ask your own family? Doesn't matter. You can ask your family your own stuff. Or if you want to like, if you just think I'm a great question asker, great podcaster, then you'd like could pay me a premium to interview your family, which would have like premium audio, premium setup. It would obviously I'd do like background research on it and then spend like a month or whatever it would take to do that to make it a premium content thing. Or yeah, just let the user do it themselves. I think I'd leave that open. I think it's a sick idea. The only one thing is that I'd love to hear critique, yeah, for sure. The people how is it? People always like to make I don't know you know how to say it. like in the age of family probably not sound like they always try to make it so that their family is like always the righteous ones, always on the correct side of things, like so and so like no one's that whilst they upload like and they're trying to like upload other things that make them look extra good or extra, you know, yeah. high and mighty. I don't know if this, some of this is the correct terminology I'm using. So like, bear with me. Whilst they convey these things, they're never going to admit to it. It's like, you know, the royals never going to admit to, you know. Yeah. But, but I think also it's, so that, that there's another would you rather. Would you rather know the exact raw content of your great, great grandparents? Or would you rather have this like nice, just the niceties of it? Yeah. I'd like to know everything in it. Like, yeah. What? But like, how are you going to know everything? Like, how would you be able to get that? No, I mean, we, we wouldn't like unless content. we started being super open ourselves and then try to carry on generations downwards. But like, personally, like I would want to know everything, like even if it's messed or whatever, mm. just to understand. But once again, like I, I just wouldn't want it to be visible to the public. That's that's the difference. So yeah, it, the the idea would be for each, like you can only see your own family tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Calm, okay. I thought anyone could just see how, like, which families that they they came from, which bloodline. Oh, okay. Probably like fa- like Facebook, right? You can like limit content to only me, only friends, public. Yeah. So yeah. then it would become up to the user. If you get a divorce, are you kicked out of that family tree, <laughs> or is it? <laughs> yeah. Was... Well, it depends if you had a kid or not. How it oh, would okay, yeah, string yeah. together. Yeah. That that'll be an interesting conundrum. Like like a business point of view, like whether you'd allow. Do you like, then get disconnected from the their divorced? Yeah partner to have access to that side of the family tree and stuff like that whether users would be happy for that to be allowed and stuff like that yeah yeah there, there would be complexities like say if you, you want to disown your dad but you like the, your dad's family that you probably got you just have to like disown your dad which will disconnect you f- from seeing them and then from seeing yours yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the family trees i know there's like yeah there's definitely like people in my family that I know I see them like making family trees online sometimes or like posting in the group chat, like a family tree they made on like Word or something. Yeah, no, it is something I think as you get older as well, like you start to get more and more like appreciative and curious about that kind of stuff. I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, people, like it just gets lost, right? Like we're in a generation where there's media, right? So we can live on. Mm. Our parents didn't really have that until later on. So people have books and stuff, but they get worn away. So I think this is a great way to kind of make use of even if we can't find out about like great great grandparents yeah. or whatever, like we have the facilities now to like exactly. make sure our like great great grandchildren can. This, this like, is why, no. Aaron. If you remember from many episodes ago, I like the idea of if I could just upload the useful memories or whatever, like useful intelligence, onto like a, or like a a kind of AI that they can just use, like a something they can speak to, or like just press commands and access this memory. Um, what was this like part of the history whether it's like the history kind of memory or whatever artifact like that's why I would want it to like just be uploaded digitally and left for the, the use of just the family 
And then it, probably in the future, imagine like they, they can travel back in time. They can go back and then they can start um, with consent, obviously, putting everyone's timeline or things. So you could actually find out enough, you know, mm. as accurate as it can be. But once again, that's technology for you. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. But no, that's really cool. That's really cool. It'll be interesting to see, like, we'll have to keep tabs on it and see see what, see what happens. Yeah, hopefully it does build out. And then, yeah. then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you guys be like test beta users. Yeah. We, we actually have something we'll get to in a moment. Like we have a call out where we nominate like someone for mm. you to like nominate someone else to come on the podcast. So when you're like saying it and there's like a podcast extension thing, like when you're interviewing like one member of the family, they could like easily kind of like nominate yeah, like their kids or their like parents and then to like kind of continue the kind of. No, I love that call out idea. Tree. Yeah. Yeah, because it is almost like our podcast, I feel like, has become a bit of a network where people have, like, Shaylee nominated you and Shaylee was nominated by her boyfriend, Akil, and then Akil, I don't think, was nominated. I think we just, like, messaged him. Uh, mm. There's lots of people who have been, like, nominated and nominated and nominated and it's kind of spiraled out. It's like his own little family tree. Yeah. We might have to build, like, third little family tree. Mm. Yeah. Aaron, should we have one made for the event? Oh, there might be some incest in it, though. So, uh but um we'll have to uh, we'll have to check on that yeah there were other stuff we wanted to get to but i think we're kind of running out of time (laughs) but it's been great it's been really like cool cool change happy to do another one one day as well yeah really cool one to for us to like pause on as well i think for like people to check out so what we do is we end off each episode with like some final questions a call out and a shout out so the final questions first one i got for you is who would be your dream podcast guest You guys, obviously. Ah, uh, yeah. So that one, that one's in. That's confirmed. But apart from that, I think so. When I was doing that, that kind of stage phase two of my podcast, where I was collecting immigrant stories of people, I started also. I did a couple of solo episodes to test it out, where I was like researching famous immigrant stories. So there's three people who I think would be awesome. So one would be Francis Ngannou, who I did like a solo episode on, but his like journey from Cameroon to like almost dying five times to get out of Cameroon and then now becoming, you know, like one of the biggest names in UFC. His story is incredible. He's a beast, but I've heard him on podcasts and he just sounds like the nicest guy. So I'd love to like dive into what it was like to grow up in Cameroon that whole journey. The other one would be Alfonso Davies by Munich, who also has like a really interesting background story and he just seems like a great, great guy. And then Obama. So yeah, all of them tie into, they come from, uh, actually, yeah, all Africa descent mm. type backgrounds. Yeah. Don't know if that's a bit biased, but yeah, those, those would be like the three who I'd love to just speak to just because uh, just as people, like they're so inspiring with what they've done. The second question is, what is one piece of advice you'd give to a younger you? You are not as great as you think. And the reason I've phrased it so controversially is and it is really for me to tell myself and not like I, I thought I had a huge ego and all that, but just the idea yeah. of like when I did the local beings, right? I've done some other projects. Even when I started the podcast, I didn't want to outsource and get other people involved because I was so fixed on the way mm. I did it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but no one's going to like, I need to do it for a year or two so someone can see how I want it and then they can understand what I want to do. It's just, that's probably why the local beings stopped and didn't carry on. Because while I was doing it, and when I was meeting the people on the street, they were like, this is amazing, right? So that's what kept me going. But then, you know, 
things were taking too long, I obviously had a job of going on holidays and then eventually I just, my hard drive packed in. Whereas really if I'd taught, like even trained other people, it's not even just me training other people. I would have learned so much of people who are way better at some of the things than I am. I just never did it. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely go back and be like, the reason I say you're not as good as you think is because just because it's your idea and your passion project, it doesn't mean your version of how everything's going to turn out is going to be the best version of it. You need to like train people to help you out who are way more efficient and that can make you efficient. But then also naturally in that process, you will learn off other people's skills. So I just wish, wish I uh, drilled that into me when I was younger. Yeah, that's probably something I could even take on board to be honest. Like, I, think, <laughs> I think I'm fucking sick. Do you, think this, do you think that goes for everyone? Like literally like, or do you think there's a point where like, you can become like so great someone who's like kind of seen as like the epitome of that kind of field like they're so synonymous with that thing yeah i mean then like a ronaldo in football michael jordan in basketball like but if you look at yeah so there's there's a really good book called a more, a more beautiful question and it talks about i think that's the book called let's let's go with that a more beautiful question and it talks about how important question is like asking questions is compared to knowing the answer and they relate it to coaching. It's like even Serena Williams has a coach, even Jordan had like an agent and a coach, even Ronaldo still, you know, trains, right? No one, no one ever yeah. reaches a point where there's more to learn. And so, and it's who their coaches are not better than them, right? Their coaches are not better than them or what they do, but their coaches push them in the right way or ask them questions to get them to be better. So I think it's always important to have that kind of figure who is just the best at asking the questions or making you do the right thing to make you even better at something that you're better than them at. They probably actually think that as well. Like to be so great and to continue being so great, they probably do think like, no, I need to be better. Yeah. So they don't consider them so, like the, privately anyway, they might not consider them the greatest, but publicly they might be like, oh yeah, I'm the best or whatever. Yeah. But it is like, once you think you're an expert at something, that's when you stop growing. Right. And so... The, yeah. And then, and I got this off, uh, Jay. So, I mean, some, some Jay Shetty, some people call him the epitome of what he does, right? He's kind of like in that person, that self-development and, he, and like in his podcast, he says that exact thing of, yeah, the, the worst thing you can do is not have sort of a team that you can learn off and also someone who guides you. Like he obviously has like a spiritual guru. So I know it's a, it's a whole other topic, but it's, it's just the idea of, so going back to, I don't think there ever is a point where there's not something you can gain off having someone else involved. No, that's a good, good piece of advice, I think. Last question. So this is actually a question that we ask every guest, the same one, whether you have one or not. What has been your most memorable third wheeling experience? The thing is, I feel like there definitely are way more moments than I can remember. But one was when I was, I must have been like 16 or 17 and I went to a boys' school. And so I didn't have a girl crew until probably I was like 18, no, 17. And even that was because my friend again, Jay, talking about him, but he started going out with this girl and... Wait, your friend's Jay Shetty? Yeah, 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 my school friend, yeah. Wait, so I thought you were referencing... Oh, I did, oh yeah, well, we because ne we never got into why I got into spirituality, but that was because of him. But we, oh, yeah, shit. we were best friends at school, yeah. Fuck, the clickbait was there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, go, go to you can see. <laughs> I'm not sure. For that to come out two hours in, it's, it's yeah, also yeah. something I don't, I don't like uh, unnecessarily ringing his name yeah. up because I yeah. hear so many people do it. 
I do a lot with Alex Wobie and I like sat next to him in class. <laughs> I never spoke to him after that, but <laughs> I still mention it now and then. No, my friend loves him. But yeah, so he, uh, so he was my best friend since I was like 15. But he, yeah, so he started going out with this girl. And then, um, so, and because I used to hang around with him, he's like, oh, we're, you know, well, I'd met his girlfriend's friends once before or like maybe twice before at a birthday that we got invited to do. And that's when he was still like seeing her, like in the process of getting to know her. So I just went along because I was like, hey, I'm cool. I'm hanging around with people that are not from my school and there's like girls involved. I just feel cool. Not like I, I was fancied any of them. Just, you know, I'm just not hanging around with boys for a change. And I remember going to town, got along with them really well. But basically he went off with her and I'm hanging around with people I'd never met before. And then I got to know them. So it was cool. So then a few weeks later, they're like, oh yeah, they really like, they really liked you. They really enjoyed hanging around with you. I'm going to go to the cinema with her and they, they might be coming. So, so come along. And then, so I went and it was like, there were a few new people. They obviously went to college together. So they had personal jokes and vibe with each other. And I was like, still this outsider that they'd met once. And, and I was like, I can't remember what film was out. Maybe something like Spider-Man or some like superhero movies, which I thought we were going to go and see. I didn't get told this because I'm, I probably turn up late or something. Whoever made the decision and Jay obviously decided not to have any influence in it. Somehow they decided to go and watch Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. What's that? Do you, hey, Mountain? Do you remember Brokeback Mountain? It had Heath Ledger and um, the other guy. And they were, they were basically, they were like gay. Right. So there's, and there's quite a lot of, it was, I don't know if it was controversial at the time, but there was a lot of like gay scenes in it. I think for the time it was like kind of like it was like yeah now obviously you see it everywhere like now it didn't show that kind of stuff yeah exactly but there it's like you know because they're fully making out but the, but the thing is it was kind of like I didn't know until we got into the cinema I just had my tickets bought for me and then they kind of sat the friends all sat together but I obviously was going because I was going with Jay so I'm sitting next to them two who were too busy like being all cuddly watching Brokeback Mountain with no intention of watching that film. And I just always remember that moment of they would try and not be too, but they were so like cuddly with each other. But then every now and then like Jay would lean over and, and try and like involve me in like, a, a, not involve me in the moment, but involve yeah, me in, yeah. in a conversation. <laughs> right? that, that's quite just nice involve, though, I think. Well, like, it, not but, make but, you feel like. But, but yeah, but I, I mean, I've, I was obviously already as like a 17 year old boy, just like, why have I come to watch this film? Yeah. Uh, this is already uncomfortable. And then I have these two next to me being very uncomfortable and it was just a very very uncomfortable like hour and a half of my life so it wasn't like the most it didn't scar me but from what i i, I will always remember that and i always bring it up with him time to time like i'll never forget when you did that to me yeah yeah that's crazy i'm still recovering from like you just being like jay, <laughs> <laughs> jay, jay. <laughs> but uh, that's 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 cool do you still like keep in contact much yeah 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 is it weird like having a friend who's like it's a good question so because he's in the so I've stayed with him in, in when he was in, no, he was already in LA. I stayed with him in LA. But when I hang around with him, the great thing is he's, not, he's, he's no different when he speaks to me and, and the way he is. Obviously, over time, the amount of... It, okay, so th he really lives by what he says. So one of the key things he says, which I think is also an important lesson to learn, is like, don't give your time to someone, give your energy, right? So it's kind of like, give someone 20 minutes of your 100% energy rather than be like oh hey i need your help for an hour and be like yeah sure but you know you're also like on your phone or listening to something else right don't give 50 percent of your time for an hour you know give 100 percent of your time for 20 minutes and that's better and he really is like that so like i'll message him every now and then like if i listen to an episode i think it's really cool i remember some old memory or like he's really good friends with people that i just think is ridiculous right 
Um, like I listen to Sean Mendes' music and he just has like Sean Mendes doing a shout out like my good friend Jay and I'm oh, like oh I think Sean Mendes is so underrated oh he's so but, good so yeah. good and so yeah then I'll message him about it. he's like yeah he's such a nice guy I'm like well I'm sure he is the fact that you could just say that but over time he will always respond but the answers get shorter and it's like I get it this, guy, this guy's busy but if I get like a video call with him it's like I've got him for that whole you know we'll speak for like two hours and, and it will be like uninterrupted until he probably has something to do so in that way, it's like, I just know if I really, really need him or if we've agreed on a catch up and he doesn't end up having something that eats that time slot, then I know I've got like that guy that I knew back then. So no, it's he's not. A, right, yeah. You'd, uh, you'd kill him if it was, uh, your life and his life. Yeah. That's the friend. <laughs> like, oh yeah. You'd be like, yeah fuck off. 100%. <laughs> one, one question, like I've, I've been like considering, like if I had, so having like a podcast where you're having guests on and if I had like a friend or like a family member who was like mega famous or whatever, yeah. would you feel like awkward like asking them, do you a favor, like promote the podcast, come on as a podcast guest, like all that kind of stuff. Like it's something I've also like, if I had like someone close to me like that. So he was actually a big inspiration behind me carrying it on because we, we spoke and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm doing these stories with my parents and he's like, that's really cool. And he's like, you should really go down this immigrant route because being an immigrant in the US is cool. Whereas in the UK, I feel like it gets a bit of a bad connotation where he's like, nah, man, he's like the people, especially in like California, they're, they're different in the way they think, but they're like, we got the immigrant hustle. And like, in that way, they see that as a proud thing of why they actually work harder. They're more resilient. So yeah. I wanted to bring that. He's like, you should play on that and bring that idea on your podcast. Like, you know, immigrant perspectives and immigrant hustle and immigrant mentality is cool. Um, so that's what has carried it on. He obviously has like, Technically, he's got an immigrant story, right? Moving to the US and doing what he did. I wouldn't ever ask him unless I was fully like, because he's a big, he's a big deal, right? And it's like, yeah. it's hard for me to say that because I, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to process that. I've only started processing that as like people who are also big deals call him a big deal. And then I'm like, oh, wow, he actually is. So I wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, like do me a favor. I'll be like, you know, this is set up to the best that I've got it. And this is why I'd want you on. Like, even though he is, I mean, I'd hope he still considered me one of his best mates, still one of my, one of my best mates, right? It's, I don't, if there's, if it's just for me to be able to get my name out there, like I've interviewed him on my show, what's the point? Because it's, it's like mm. huge. I'd want it to be like, yeah. this is why I want you on and this is what it's going to create. So say yeah. if it is like for the launch of this Lifetimes platform, then I've got something like substantial. It's like, Jay, I, this is what I see me building for the next 10 years and you could help me if you also believe in it get it out there yeah. then i'll do it i wouldn't just do it yeah because you don't want them thinking that you're just asking them just for, just like, for the sake the of it yeah. or and the, that's not what i see him as right like way. yeah i don't i barely ever ask him like you know, what did you and will smith speak about or something like that you know i, don't, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. we just talk about the same old rubbish that we used to talk about and and obviously yeah, spirituality because that's, nice. that's what he got me into so good yeah. question though yeah the next section is, is a call out or a nomination. So you can nominate one or many people to hopefully be a guest on in the future. Who would you like to nominate? Actually, yeah, two people. So firstly is a girl called Fiorenza, who I actually know through work, but she is um, based in Italy, but super, super. I've never met anyone who's so versed in like literature. Like she, she loves to read, but it's like, even when we speak and, you know, you know, we'll talk about psychological and philosophical stuff, but she'll like, she'll say, oh, there's this Latin quote, or she'll know English quotes about things that I, I, she's like, who's that, who's the guy who said, who's the writer who said, blah, blah, blah. And I have no idea. 
So she's well versed in that, but you know, above all that, she's just a super fun person. So you'll have a great conversation with her and I'm pretty sure she's up for it. The second is a guy called, he goes by the name Doc. And actually I did an episode with him on my show. So he's, he's a guy I've known for a while through a, a friend that I knew at uni, but you know, he's equally my friend now. He is, well, he's got a great background story, which I'll let him tell you. By great, I mean, it's like, it's inspiring. And even, you know, generally his like family upbringing and the way he is, how he is, but he's just so charismatic, so entertaining. And he's going to hate me saying that because he hates the, he doesn't, he he just can't deal with compliments, but you'll see what I mean. And I'll, I'll let you know when the episode with him is out. He He's just hilarious. So. Nice, no, awesome. Yeah. Well, we will, uh, we'll tag them when we release your episode. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if they're interested, we'll get them on once we, uh, when we come back. Sounds good. And last bit's a shout out. So basically anything you want to like, just promote, plug, like, can be literally anything. We'll like put the links to it in the description. So yeah, and, and anything. I guess just if, you know, if anyone liked the idea of what my podcast is, come and be a guest. It's not even, you know, I'm not telling you to go, I mean, listen to it if you want, but just, yeah, if you, if you want to share your, like, this is my parents' story, this is my grandparents' story and just have a chat about your upbringing and, and what you're doing, feel free to be a guest. Hit me up on my, on my media. Nice. Hamish, anything? Yeah, mine's going to be for one last music shout out before we go on break, which is K-Trap, Trapple. Uh, my, my shout out is just going to be to us, man. Like two nice. years, 104 yeah, episodes. Congrats. I'm going to, yeah, maybe, uh, should I choose an episode? No, I'll just, I'll just post a link or something. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to us and yeah, we'll, we'll be, we'll be back soon, hopefully. So yeah, thanks everyone for listening and thanks so much Anand for uh, coming on too. Thank you guys. Loved it. That's been, no, it's been great. And yeah, I guess everyone else will speak to you when we next speak to you, whenever that will be. But uh, yeah, see you later. Have a good day. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Studios, my second home. That's why I have it in my bedroom. I really do this all on my own. A shark quarry and my brother home. He was here from the day one. And not gonna lie, he's a real one. In my team, there are no fake ones. It's a fake love, no, I don't want.